0: guys of a certain age is brought to you by no one absolutely no one except these dudes walking down memory lane now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next guys of a certain age back on your podcasting platform of choice robbie covalinson studio joined alongside jay reed and no art, Shirley. Surely you just yeah. This is the first time in a while we've been uh, we've been artless. I know it's it's weird. It's usually it's you. usually me. It's usually you. So okay. How are you doing today, Jay? I'm doing good. Doing real good. Good, good, good. It's not quite as hot. Not quite. I was expecting after uh, Hurricane Ida um, to be a little cooler. Everybody kept telling me oh, it's gonna be cool next week. Well, I haven't seen that yet. You know? Did you get any limbs down with Ida or anything like that? It, that requires trees, and we have very few. You so, don't have uh, any trees around? We have a couple of trees out front,
1: and I have a tree in the back corner of my lot that started out as a weed and has become a beautiful tree. So I don't really know <laughs> what it is, if it's a Story. super tall weed or <laughs> a tree.
0: You might want to get that looked at.
1: Well, the, we have a lot of woods behind our house on the other side of the fence, so I'm thinking that something, an acorn dropped or something
0: like that. yeah oh, there you go.
1: Turned into an oak,
0: Cool, a mighty oak. Mighty, mighty oak. All right, let's jump into some geekage of the weekage. What you got on your, uh, your nice little Yeah, uh, well, I've got a couple list. things.
1: I thought I would, since we're artless, and he usually has the uh, movie pushback news. Yeah. I, a couple of things came out recently. It looks like Ghostbusters, the new one. Was it called? Ghostbusters. Is it Afterlife? Afterlife, I think, yeah. yeah. Coming out on November 19th, which is just a week later than it was going to be, but it apparently replaced the... The date for uh, Top Gun,
0: which has been pushed back to May of 2022, of yes, 2022,
1: which then further pushed back Mission Impossible 7, which I didn't realize was even a thing, sure, to September of next year. So I don't know if people are saying, Well, we're not quite sure if we're ready to go back to the theaters, or not we're going to push this back again, that. but but you know, to me. Top Gun
0: should be a Memorial Day release. That makes sense. You know, that's when the original came out. Okay. You know, so so to me, it's a summer movie release. It's not a winter movie release. That makes all kinds of sense. So, yeah. I just hate it because we talked, I think, once about how
1: many millions of dollars were just being churned up by movies not being released. Like, the James Bond was the one we talked about, which still hasn't been released. Yeah, it, so, but it's
0: supposed to release around Christmas, I believe. Does it? Okay, yeah. I
1: haven't seen a date recently. Uh,
0: uh, the final international trailer dropped the week before as we're recording this, so that okay. that tells me it's probably happening soon. Uh, Marvel is keeping, um, you know, as we record this, uh, the Ten Rings, I can never get the first. Shang-Chi? Shang-Chi. Which is and, what we're going to say. And the Ten Rings... Um, premieres tomorrow as we're recording this. And so that's not going to be on Disney Plus for quite a while. So right. I'll be curious what that does. Are you going to go see it in, in the theaters? I want to. I want to, yeah. We should do that this weekend. We should do a group visit. Yeah, that would be fun. That would be lots of fun. So, um, all right, what else you got in your What game? else, you- I, as I was looking for that, I came across this other little nugget.
1: Uh, there's going to be a holiday special called Married Little Batman. I saw that. that? Yeah, yeah. So Damian Wayne, whoever that is, 6-year-old finds himself alone in Wayne Manor and has to to don the cape and cowl to fight off people who would want to steal Christmas. It almost sounds like a little bit of Home Alone. uh uh-huh. Batman style. Yeah.
0: Which would be funny, I think. Uh, a cross between Home Alone and Teen Titans Go. Right. Yeah. And I think it's it is of, animated. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the Teen Titans Go style. So okay. That
1: would... And it's going to be, I, I didn't have a chance to see what all this involved, but it's going to come out for us on Acme Night on Cartoon Network. Sure. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what that is, but another, and then it'll come out on HBO Max later. Sure. Um, another show for guys of our age that we might identify
0: with was steve urkel did i do that to the holidays which do you watch no, urkel uh no i was not a big urkel okay fan. well <laughs> urkel kind of grew on me later but uh i don't know kind of like if that tree in adult. your backyard exactly <laughs> yeah
1: i don't know if it's him as an adult i didn't uh see any trailers or anything on this but but i did enjoy urkel enough that i think i would probably try to watch that just for the heck of it just for
0: Why time's sake? Yeah. It's the holidays. Yeah, that's right. I mean, if you could have the star Wars Christmas special with Wookiee life day, anything goes right. And then the
1: Lego. Yeah. So anyway, so Merry little Batman, I didn't see a date, but watch out for the Acme
0: night on Cartoon Network. Yeah. It'll be towards holidays. I'm sure. So, uh, my geek is a little different. Um, so how many times have you pulled up to a McDonald's and you wanted a soft serve cone and the ice cream machine is always broken. I don't do that, but I bet you I know what you're about to tell us. <laughs> so, so that has been the running joke for years that uh, the soft-serve machine at McDonald's is always broken. Well, finally, somebody's going to do something about that. So the Federal Trade Commission, Joe Biden's administration, is investigating whether there are unfair trade practices involved with the soft-serve McDonald's ice cream machine servicing contracts wow so as i understand the um the manufacturer of the ice cream machine is the only person who can service that's correct a soft serve ice cream i heard machine. a whole
1: podcast on this so you did you so right, so yeah. is that is that right
0: that's exactly right so and apparently it's pretty difficult to get the manufacturer reps to show up to fix either it's difficult to get them or there's just not enough to get around and fix it for the number of times that it goes down So, the Federal Trade Commission is looking to see if that's an anti-competitive practice. Mm. And so, if it is, you would think that The franchisees, because remember, McDonald's does have corporately owned stores, but most of their stores are owned by independent operators who franchise the McDonald's name and everything from them. That's Mm -hmm. why quality of service can vary. So, as I understand, the franchisees do not have the freedom to pick up their own service provider to fix the ice cream machine. Right. And so the FTC is going to see if that's correct. And apparently, just to go a little
1: deeper, there's like codes that you can punch in to this machine and if you know the codes you can get in and you can fix it's just like one or two little things that can go wrong that can set the whole thing off they're not major issues but if you don't know the codes to do it and they don't share them then you can't fix it so i, I read about a couple or heard about a couple that were trying to it wasn't ice cream it's some maybe a yogurt or something they were trying to put machines in a in like self-serve kind of outlets almost like a vending machine in different places and they they hooked up with this company and got kind of into the same mess and they kind of reverse engineered or figured out how to get in and it caused them some trouble.
0: Well, you know, and, and that comes to the whole serviceability of a piece of equipment that you buy. How much are you allowed to service as the owner of the piece of equipment mm-hmm. versus how much is the manufacturer trying to keep that a closed garden, a closed wall system, Right. you know? And so we've seen that with Macintosh computers because they've become infinitely harder to do upgrades to um and so there is a case i believe in the european union that may force apple to allow you to repair phones easier hmm. and i didn't research that so but um, well it's kind of the somewhere between trade secrets and just uh, you know having that extra Income for their yeah yeah guys. So back to the McDonald's ice cream. This is kind of cool. So uh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name and Rashid. I'm going to apologize for this. So a 24 year old ice cream fan, just fed up with broken ice cream machines at McDonald's across the nation, he was managed to re he managed to reverse engineer the McDonald's app to create a map of every broken soft serve machine in the United <laughs> States. I, think I heard that. Rashid Zahid, Z-A-H-I-D, he's a software engineer. He came up with the, the idea this summer after failing to order a Sunday at a McDonald's in Berlin because the machine was not working. So that would be probably Berlin, Germany, which it would be much more difficult to probably get service there. The website is called macbroken.com, M-C-B-R-O-K-E-N.com, and it shows the percentage of restaurants that currently have broken ice cream machines and uses red and green labels to identify stores currently serving up soft serve so wow and if you want to listen to the, the podcast that I listen to was, oh was, thanks for honing in on my gig of the week no go ahead Jack. yeah <laughs> I'm just uh, working with you here um, the sportful, Sporkful S-P-O-R-K-F-U-L uh,
1: just google Sporkful McDonald's the episode name is Hacking McDonald's Broken Ice Cream Machines oh, it's that's fascinating
0: right. I need to listen to that so as we record this it appears that 11.18 11.18% of McDonald's Uh, machines in the U.S., soft-serve machines in the U.S. are broken. (laughs) But good news for us, it looks like everywhere around us – they're working. They're working, all right. They're working, <laughs> so. Yeah, the the coffee
1: shop next to our McDonald's has kind of a running joke because they have ice cream as well.
0: <laughs> sh- shout out to uh, Shane Reed and the uh, the crew at Strange Brew, even though Dulce does compete a little bit with Churn and Spoon, Shane's sign game is so on point, and That's they funny. have made fun of McDonald's for years, and rightfully so. I, I don't understand the folks who drive through that McDonald's to get coffee when you have Strange Brew next door. Right. I mean, it's just like, really? But but those who love McDonald's coffee love McDonald's coffee.
1: Well, even McDonald's has kind of fancified their coffee. Have you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I heard something, I, I read something not too long ago, you know, McDonald's Coca-Cola's always seem to be just on point. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a little sweeter, a little richer. Well, according to an article I read, um, the syrup mixture is higher. They put a higher percentage of syrup in their they dial it up in their fountain machines so it's calibrated so once the ice in the glass melts, it's gonna be the proper consistency huh. for a Coca-Cola, right? Because obviously when you're calibrating and you're going with with the liquid, if you if you if you calibrate for just a little liquid coming out of the uh, out of the nozzle, it's going to change by the time everything. Is yeah, by the time everything melts, you know you're, you're you've added probably another fifty percent of water to it. Well, supposedly they're supposed to at least calibrate the syrup mixture to compensate for the ice volume, and so that's why it always tastes wow. a little sweeter coming out.
1: That's interesting. I've thought about doing that, and I've heard others do that with like iced coffee. you make coffee ice cubes with like your leftover. If you make a yeah. lot of coffee in the morning. Don't drink it. I'll make ice cubes out of it and then drop it in. That's right. ice coffee, so it doesn't get
0: that's right diluted. Uh, I've always wanted a uh, I've always wanted a fountain machine at the house or here at the office, mm-hmm. and that would be deadly because I, I love a really high syrup, high sweet fountain drink. So it's hard to beat a fountain Coke. It is. It is. All right, we're going to uh, we're going to wrap this segment up. Come back. We're going to talk um, musical movies that are not musicals. That's hard to wrap my head around. Yeah. Up next. We're back. Robbie, Jay, guys of a certain age. And uh, last week we talked Schmigadoon. <laughs> I finally finished watching Schmigadoon while I was Good out of town. Good for you. Yeah, no, I'll never get that time in my life back. I just didn't care for it that much. So I, I had to finish watching it because I'm a completionist. Yeah, I mean. Um, my wife's like, Yeah, you go right ahead. So I was out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, for four days, had extra time, and um, it's like, okay, we're going to take it through. And
1: Well, it, yeah. you didn't lose a lot of time. It was only a, what, a six-hour whole whole series, right?
0: Or less? It was less, probably four and a half. Yeah. No, no, it's like 30, 40 minutes an episode, six episodes. Yeah, so you're... So three and a half hours, but... Eh. That's how many episodes it's of like Doctor a Snyder <laughs> cut. It's like how many episodes of classic Doctor Who would that be? I mean, that would be a full series of classic Doctor Who. But anyway, I digress. So, as we were talking about this episode, uh, what can we do? Because we always like, hmm, what are we going to talk about this week? I posed the idea of what are your favorite musical movies or movies dealing with music that are not musicals. Did your head explode, Jay? It did a little bit. I thought
1: of two right away, and then I thought, well, maybe I should just look it up on the
0: interweb. I knew you there probably. there were so many. <laughs> there were. There were. So, um, I, to me, I kind of divided it into kind of three things. There's a movie where a, where music is a, um, a primary plot element, so um, Almost Famous is one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Spinal Tap, which is my favorite. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Then there are concert films. Right. Right. So, and there's
1: you, did, We're not talking about documentaries.
0: Not talking about one. documentaries, okay. talking concert films. Gotcha. Uh, the band's got well, Everybody's got one, but, I mean, it's become more common now. But Rattle and Hum was the first concert film I became aware of that was in the movie theater, that's you 2s mm-hmm. Rattle and Hum. That was the follow-up to uh, the mega-success Joshua Tree. And so Rattle and Hum was kind of interesting because – It has concert footage all throughout, but it's also got vignettes where the band's talking and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're sliding down the hill. They're on the bluffs in Memphis and Mm -hmm. they're hanging out in Graceland and whatnot. So you've got concert films, then you've got documentaries. And this is what kind of kind of spurred my, my thought was, um, I picked a couple of clips up from uh, one of my favorite music documentaries of all time. It might get loud, okay. so those are kind of the three categories. But what did your research tell you, Jay? I basically
1: stayed away from the documentaries. I just looked at movies. you didn't want to
0: expand your mind.
1: I didn't. I thought that would be a whole other episode because <laughs> there were so many movies that uh, that I came across that I had forgotten about. So, I mean, i limited my list to to movies, and I mean, there are- You've
0: got five pages of written, handwritten notes. Well,
1: it's a tiny notebook, and there's only two
0: pages of okay, so, those. Okay, so what what are the movies that you came across? Okay, you want me to read the whole list, or just kind of throw my favorites yeah, out? Yeah, throw your favorites out. When, okay, when so, I say movies about music, or musical movies that aren't music- The first music. one that came to mind was
1: Bohemian Rhapsody. A fairly recent oh, sure. movie about Queen, obviously sure. not a- Um, you know, it wasn't a concert movie though. There was lots of songs in it. That kind of stuff. It was a
0: story. It was a dramatization. Yeah.
1: So that one was absolutely wonderful. Uh, when I looked that up, I I remembered stars born and Uh, that was a good one too. Which version? The most recent one is the one I've seen, but isn't there like three or four? There's like three or four. Yeah. Right. So to me that says a lot for just for the longevity of the story. Um, but the most recent one I thought was great. Um, Rocket Man. Would you consider that a musical? Because it was kind of a, it was a story, but I didn't watch it. Okay. Well, there was a lot of, from what I recall, there was a lot of music uh, sort of embedded in the story, so it
0: almost told the story a little bit. You know what we should do? We should get my buddy Brian Stevens on to talk um, recreating '80s music. Brian's a good buddy of mine. Actually, hosted. Uh, my first Christian music video show that I ever produced okay. back in the late 80s. He's a uh, studio producer, session drummer over in Atlanta. He um, he is one of the principals in a Elton John tribute band. Okay. That's touring the, well, up and down the East Coast and the, the Southeast. They're going to actually be in Meridian at the Opera House on October 22nd. I oh, neat. So... Um, the whole idea of recreating the Elton John experience, because mm-hmm. uh, they've really Vegas up their show. So he might be a good interview to have on. That might be a good field trip for the guys of certain age. Yeah. Well, actually, so side story, this is really <laughs> cool. So Brian, uh, you know, we were in school late 80s in Meridian. Um, he this is before the Opera House, which is now known as the Riley Center was renovated. And I, I had connections there, had access there, there was a Christian band called Baron Cross mm-hmm. that had lost their drummer. And so Brian wanted to audition for Baron Cross. And so we came up with the idea, let's hold, let's yeah, let's do a rock concert in the opera house. And so they let us do a rock concert in the opera house. It was called Coupe de Grasse. Mm-hmm. And we had about 150 people there. And I we did three or four cameras and did this video demo for Brian to... Audition for Baron Cross, didn't get it, but it was a lot of fun. Sure, fun. Thirty-one years later, we're back full circle, and he's brought a band to the Opera House, which is a phenomenal performance facility. And so, I think we may. Have we may end up taping and documenting the night, so yeah. it's kind of kind of closure. If if teenage Robbie and Brian could only see where <laughs> old man Robbie and Brian are now, you know? So, but anyway, it might be fun to get uh, to get Brian on. So yeah. Anyway, all right, let's so get off the rabbit trails. Back so, on the ra- ra- rails yeah.
1: here. Um, I actually enjoyed the Pitch Perfect movies. I like the acapella singing. Um, I thought they were funny So all the Pitch Perfect movies Those were movies About music uh, I forgot about School of Rock School of Rock's On my list too okay, That was a good one I'll let you talk about it And we talked a little bit About this In a previous episode I think Eurovision oh, uh, With yeah. Will Ferrell That's probably my favorite Will Ferrell movie It was great uh, Very
0: much into music I need to go back And watch that It was fun It's better um, than Talladega Nights um, I'm going to say yes but, Really? But Better than Anchorman
1: I know Anchorman's kind of a cult thing but I, I it was
0: I mean you can't, it may have something
1: to do with having most recently watched it I realize
0: but you know you, you, Anchorman has the classic um, Anchor Battle Royale at the end that well anyway yeah anyway I, yeah, yeah. alright um, Walk the Line with Oh uh, sure
1: Reese Witherspoon and Yoakuin Phoenix or how say yeah, it yeah
0: Johnny Cash story
1: yeah that was excellent and that was just a very well done mm-hmm. movie and great music um, that thing you do
0: I love that Tom thing Hanks. you do, Tom. H- Tom uh, Hanks, who who produced it, right? And he his production company became known as Playtone after that. I've, yeah, and you see that on on, yeah. on movie. That credits. that is a very underrated movie. Uh, that thing you do is just for those of you the playing along, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the it's it documents a one hit wonder band who had a song called "That Thing You Do," and they made it big, and then created differences. Mm-hmm. Ripped them apart. Tom Hanks is the manager slash record exec, and um, it's it's set late sixties, mid sixties. Fabulous movie. Yeah, Great it's movie. just well written and the music's good too. It is. Mister um, Holland's Opus. Ooh, so you, yeah, that's yeah, I right. About that one. That one is classic favorite. But that's more Make that that's, cry, especially if you're a band geek absolutely and if you're a band because there's that special that special relationship band members have with their mm-hmm. band director that's so. true i hadn't thought I, about it that way i've heard that you know when band directors change some kids middle school kids stand outside and cry about it uh. <laughs> possible. Yeah. hey mrs reed thank you for this gift that keeps going giving oh, boy. yeah
1: um uh, and i guess on that same train of thought and I haven't seen this in a long time, but this popped up and I remember seeing the movie Drumline. So oh yeah. I was a drummer, yeah. so that really kind of resonated with me, even though our drumming probably you, didn't meet quite
0: those standards. Oh <laughs> no. Yeah. That's an HBCU college drumline right. which traditionally HBCU football bands are um I mean, yes yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So good list. So those are the ones
1: that I I mean there's a bunch more, but those are the ones that I would put out as my favorite
0: oh brother where art thou would you call that a movie about music there was a lot of music involved there was a lot of music involved and they had their whole uh their whole I mean, the whole stick was yeah. that they were a, a gospel yeah sort of, and they had their big um oh what was the name of the the tune that they, um, that they oh gosh um that just changed the world i can't remember <laughs> it, i think allison
1: krauss and allison krauss did the uh Did a regular version of this. Down to the River to Pray? Is that it? Something like that. Well, anyway. Classic bluegrass gospel song. But but that's a great movie, too. And it has a lot of music. And it's kind of got a. I don't know if you call that a. What did I say? Where y'all use the, Not the Falcon, but the. Oh, the. A MacGuffin? MacGuffin. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So, but anyway, there's others, but those are the ones. A oh, Green Book. What about, would you call Green Book? A movie about music? Yeah, I've never seen Green Book. It is excellent. I've heard it's fabulous. You should watch it. And it's it, it's an piano player, sort of jazz yeah. musician who's the the
0: star. In, and Viggo Morrison is his uh, driver. Sort of driver, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so it's kind of it's kind remember. of a reverse driving Miss Daisy, Kind of, yeah, yeah, in a way, yeah. yeah. So, all right, yeah, those those are good. Those are good. But you left off. This is. Spinal tap. Well, I knew you were gonna talk about it. Yeah, but that is the greatest greatest musical movie of all time because it goes to eleven. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Spinal
1: Tap. <laughs> I knew that was going to be a problem. All right,
0: that's it. We're done. Hey, I'm, it's on my I, list to watch. I just haven't watched. Apparently, it. I've got openings for two guests. I mean, two two <laughs> co-hosts. So uh, send your resumes to you. so so Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. Is a mockumentary. It's one of those first mockumentaries that came out. Spoof movies about a faux pho- Rob
1: Reiner. Thing, Rob too. Reiner.
0: I think it was maybe a second or third right. feature film that he directed. Uh, Christopher Guest. Um, Oh, who played who played Lenny in um, *Fern and Shirley*? uh Mar- not Marshall. Um, oh, I can see him right. Oh, now. I see him. I know he yeah. I need to about not Harry- Yeah, not Squiggy. Harry Shearer is is in it. He's the uh, he's the bass player, and it's this fictional um, British heavy metal band who's trying to um, um, reestablish themselves, and so Rob Reiner. Tracks them on their uh, release of their, <laughs> their their new studio album that's releasing in the states called "Break Like the Wind," <laughs> and uh, so tons of uh, tons of memorable bits. It's just hilarious. You've got Billy Crystal in it. You've got Fran Drescher. You've got wow. everybody in this who guest stars because everybody loved Rob Reiner at that point. Michael McKean. Michael sure. McKean. You know, and so it's, uh, I would highly recommend, if you liked Best in Show, did you like Best in Show? I'm trying to, th- the, that's uh, another
1: Christopher Guest movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, so it's the dog. It's been a long time. Uh, yeah, so if you like that type of humor, this is Spinal Tap is great, you know, so. Wow, Ed Bigley Jr. Oh, just... yeah, yeah, look at that, that's, Jay scrolling through the. Uh, Dana Carvey. Yes, that's a who's who. That is a hilarious movie. If you have not, if you're listening to this podcast and you have not watched this, a Spinal Tap, turn it off right now. Go find it and watch it. Okay. I'll be right back. Well, Jay lied. He's not going. So, but uh, we should like, you know, duct tape you to a chair and make you watch it. So. I, you don't have to do that. I, I'm I'm going to watch it. Well, to, to enjoy it in the correct My
1: copy. wife has Bunko tonight,
0: so that might be a good chance for me to watch a movie that she would have no interest in watching. Ooh. Oh, well, she might. I mean, you know. So. She surprises me every now and then. Yeah. So you mentioned School of Rock mm-hmm. with Jack Black. Right. Which uh, I, I love that. So the whole idea is Jack Black is a loser teacher who is trying to make it big. Um, he's a guitar player, and he ends up taking a music teaching position at an exclusive little school in mm-hmm. Toronto. It was I, Toronto. It I was I believe it was Toronto. And, um, uh, so instead of teaching music theory to the kids, he forms a band that he fronts that they enter into a battle of the bands contest. Mm-hmm. And, um, so one of the, one of the cool things, one of the songs they play is a Led Zeppelin tune. And, um, uh, they went ahead and performed the Led Zeppelin tune, um, recorded it and then did another tune because Zeppelin never, ever licenses their stuff. Hmm. And so on the extras on the D V D there is this appeal as they're are performing in this um um theater, Jack uh Jack Black is talking to the camera, begging Led Zeppelin to let him use this particular song. I can't remember what it was. Please, 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 can we do it? So anyway, Zeppelin ended up doing it because they sent that to Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. It's a fun movie. So and was
1: it, it actually in the movie? I believe it was. The Led Zeppelin song?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, believe, I know there's, they're in the van, and it may have been Immigrant Song. They play as background music, and then the band may play a tune. I can't remember. Okay. So, but... A lot of fun. A lot of fun. That's a great movie. And it was really funny because that movie spawned school of rock franchises because you can actually franchise a school of rock and teach kids how to play traditional rock and roll instruments. So usually it's piano lessons or maybe guitar lessons. But if you set up your own school of rock franchise, buy it and set it up, you could learn how to play bass, keyboard. All rock-oriented musical instruments, which I would have been all over if I was a kid. Wow! You know, I was stuck with a Mel Bay instructional book, and <sighs> it doesn't teach you power chords. <laughs> so, so which speaking of one of the things that got me on this, I went down a YouTube um, hole, and the the first recorded rock and roll tune with power chords and distortion and feedback is by Link Ray. And it's called Rumble. And it was mm-hmm. released in 1958. Okay. You probably heard it. I'll play for you off, off um, mic. It was banned on c- countless, like a thousand radio stations in America, if I, if I remember my number correctly, would not play the tune because Rumble was slang for gang fights. Ooh. And they were afraid okay, yeah. if they played it that, you know, juvenile delinquency would break out. So, um <laughs> uh, but I came across that because I saw Jimmy Page playing it and talking about that that track. Jimmy Page, the legendary guitarist for Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And to me, the greatest rock documentary uh, of all time is It Might Get Loud. I've talked about it on the podcast before. And Jimmy Page talks about when he hears that, it's like, oh my goodness, this is rock and roll. Again, this is 58. Wow. This is before... You know, things are kind of syrupy-sweet at that point. You've got a little Johnny Be Good about to happen, that sort of thing. But but power chords, bar chords, distortion and feedback, this thing sounds like something from the mid to late 60s. So uh, pretty interesting. But it might get loud. Um, It's a documentary that Jimmy Page produced, and it's Jimmy Page, uh, Jack White of the White Stripes, Mm. and The Edge from U2 discussing their musical history. And the thing is shot kind of in the round and it's these three guys, they've got all their guitars, all their pedals, and they're teaching each other how they play particular songs. Wow. And it's pretty fascinating. So Edge asked is asked Jimmy Page about cashmere. And you know, because it's a very interesting guitar riff to open. And I mean the entire guitar riff is, is fascinating. And Jimmy says, well, you know, it was actually at the end of a song I'd written and we take it and we did this, blah, blah, blah. And he teaches them how he plays cashmere. I'm sure they know how to play cashmere. Right. Um, you know, one of the things that that Jack White does is uh, Seven Nation Army, uh, which that that is probably the greatest guitar riff. Of the last twenty years, hmm. are you familiar with the tune? I'm not. I'm, not, I'm familiar with him, but dum, with dum, dum 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 Really? Dum. Yeah, That's Seven Nation Army. Okay, and so it sounds like a high school football game. Well, or, or so something. so, but it his. It, you hear a lot of crowds, especially in in soccer in Europe. Uh, they will break out in that chant, that Seven Nation Army chant. Huh. And so Jack Black—I mean, Jack White. I always get Jack Black and Jack White. I knew I was going to do it. Jack White goes through and says, Okay, it's an open tuning, and I've got this pedal. And he teaches Jimmy Page in The Edge how to play Seven Nation Army. Cool. And they're all playing it. And you can see the other two kind of fumbling with it, and they finally get to it. So it might get loud. It's an hour and 20 minutes. But if you like— any of those three guitars if you like u2 led zeppelin or white stripes or anything that jack white has done it is a heartily recommend as a documentary
1: heartily not hardly right yeah whatever
0: shut up i'm just making sure (laughs) you have a segment later to correct okay which did you have any corrections for roland and i no no no. okay well that's good that's good so heartedly how is that is that better no (laughs) that's not even a word I just made it a word. I just made it a word. That's the
1: thing. You can do that these days. You really can.
0: You really can. Now, if the Oxford Dictionary will denote it as a word, I'm I've I've made it big time. Then so, but give us some time. Uh, it might get loud. I don't know that streaming on any service is free. It's a rental or a buy. But again, if you're a music fan, I can't recommend that enough. And there's a few other documentaries, and we can talk about them when when Mr. Art, musician, gets here. Rock musician gets here. Um, you know sound city which is a great one with dave Grohl from the foo fighters he bought the old sound city studios and rescued that massive board that everything that was ever amazing Mm -hmm. in rock and roll in 70s and 80s and early 90s was recorded on yeah and there's you know we're we're really in the golden age of documentaries now Mm -hmm. because there's so many platforms so absolutely but if you had one musical movie out of that list what would you pick Oh, gosh. Come on. See that, come on. Mm. Flip it back. Flip it back. Go. Probably going to be,
1: like if I could only pick one, to ha- it's going to be Mr. Holland's Opus, I think. Ah, I think that has go. the most meaning um, overall. I've probably seen it more than once. I've seen it probably five or six times. Now, there's a couple uh, that I want to see that I haven't seen yet. Like what? Like uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom has Chadwick oh. Boseman in oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's supposed to be good. I haven't seen that yet. And I, this is actually older. I didn't realize it was out there. But as I've, we've talked about Marvel movies, have you seen I Saw the Light? No. It stars Tom Hiddleston and um, uh, Olson, Elizabeth Olson. It's a Hank Williams movie. Oh, okay. So he's Hank Williams. And I've, I, she's somebody Williams. I don't know Hank's whole story. But but this was like maybe five years ago before all the WandaVision and Loki and all sure. that was so, so big. So I'm curious to see how that. You know, looks to me with me thinking of them as something else. You know what we missed? Both of us should be ashamed for it. Well, it might be on my list. I haven't read every my whole list.
0: Crossroads. Oh, I did not have that. Yeah, that was excellent. Yeah, with Ralph Macchio and Joe Satriani as the is the devil playing the guitar. Yeah. It took it took place at the crossroads up the street from us. Well, a little bit, a couple of hours out in, in Clarksville, Mississippi. Yeah, yes. and that was like Ralph Macchio's big post Karate Kid movie. So, Mm -hmm. I always had problems with it because he had this little portable Fender amp on his belt, and it's like, ah, man, that just doesn't work. You know, of course it would now because it'd be a Bluetooth speaker or something. But you know, nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety, whatever, ninety one, whatever Crossword was. So, but yeah, I uh, forgot
1: about that one. That's a good one.
0: I'm sure there's Art. So your job, Art, when we get you back, uh, we may have to get you this episode early. You've got to tell us what we missed. So, I'm sure it's plenty. I'm sure it is. All right, that does it for this week. We will see you next time around.